Football Chat Ask Me Anything series. Tonight, joined with Steffi Smalls from FTN. She's a uh, video content creator for the FTN Network, host of On Beat, the NFL podcast, and the future MD who had no intentions of entering the sports industry, but 2020 had been a year of unexpected turns, to say the least. Um, Steffi uses non-traditional tactics to evaluate and analyze players, including an injury evaluation and defense assessment. Passionate about offensive lines by gauging their functionality to anticipate skilled player fantasy value. Steffi, welcome to the show. Glad to have you on here. How are you feeling tonight? What is up, guys? Thanks for having me. Super pumped. Love it. Great introduction. Very on point. Very by the book. I'm a little bit more unhinged than that, but I do love the organization of that. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, you've gotten uh, quite the uh, array of podcast appearances. I mean, even tonight, you went back to back to, I think, we're the third one you said. So you you stay busy and, uh, you know, trying to keep it by the books here uh, isn't necessarily always the theme, but... Uh, <laughs> Yes, I do. I am always taking appearances. I'm trying to slow them down a little bit. This uh, FTN is a new gig for me, so I haven't quite started, you know, bumping out the content yet. So I'm still doing as much as I can. I can't really say no. So everybody at the FTN network uh, or FTN uh, that I've met so far has been nothing but kind and uh, super informative about everything that they've talked about. So. I'd say joining their ranks is quite an accomplishment, to say the least. So congratulations on getting that gig. Yeah, it's a little shocking. You know, you admire people for a while. You know, Brad Evans is someone that I, like, have adored for years. So it's pretty cool to, you know, be in, you know, on the same team as him. And that sort of segues into the first question. Well, the second part of the first question here. Uh and that's the whole idea that you had no intentions of entering the sports industry prior to 2020 and its twists and turns that led us along that way. Um, what was your uh, medical specialty that you'd planned on before all this sort of went, not necessarily sideways, <laughs> but, well, but uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I, a boy. So I had no idea this was going to happen. This was not expected. I had 200 followers in October. I totally was just, you know, being a normal football fan, doing my own thing. And it kind of led one thing led to another doing injury analysis for a couple sites. And then, you know, here I am, I was always super interested in emergency medicine. That's kind of still my go to, um, and then aside from that, once I started diving in a little bit deeper, you know, the being a team physician would be probably the coolest thing ever. There's not a lot of females within the within the league. I think at least it's only like 7% of physicians, which is out of 300 plus, are females. So there's definitely some intriguing there. But emergency medicine was always my thing. I've always been someone that's, you know, a little bit of a spaz, super into that sort of thing. <laughs> Always like flying by the seat of your pants. Yeah, sort of exactly, exactly. Um, so there was another question regarding your uh, medical background. Um, okay. So given the, you know, background and the classes and all the knowledge that you have inside the big brain of yours, um, 
when analyzing injuries and evaluating players, do you find yourself drawn towards some kinds of fantasy over others, like dynasty and best ball rather than redraft and DFS? Yeah, I think that I do really like, you know, I like redraft a lot. I won't lie. I think because of the, the tendency for things to change from from year to year. Dynasty is something that I dived into not as long as I've been doing, you know, the, some other leagues. But I, I'm starting to become a very big, like, dynasty. I don't want to use the word hoe, but that's, like, the only word I can use. <laughs> <laughs> like all I can think of right now. So yeah, I think that I just love all of it. I mean, I, you know what I'm kind of dipping into now and I can't believe I'm saying this, but I like IDP. I think it's like, Oh, shopping. don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to say that. IDP is the best for you. Ah, God, I love it. You want to know why? Because like, there's so many aspects of football that I adore that you don't get in like your these some of these like traditional leagues or standard leagues that you, some would say. So, you know, I like IDP because I I always have and this is where I get into a lot of, you know, I disagree on Twitter a lot is because I have such a football mind that sometimes it's like very hard to twist it into a fantasy football mind. So for me, I feel like IDP at least like encompasses a lot of the parts that I love about football, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I uh, I personally love IDP uh, for, I guess, different reasons, but sort of the same. Uh, uh, I feel like it, for one, makes the draft ADPs wacky, and I love that. Um, you can get supreme value there um, as well as you know, if you do any bit of decent research, you can usually get a leg up on your opponents. Uh, it really sure. is a difference maker. Um, but glad to have you join in the IDP ranks. Always glad to have you <laughs> on that side. That's a um, newer thing. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> we'll see if it lasts long. Uh, <laughs> so Tuba here in the chat has asked, or I said that offensive lines are one of the toughest position groups to gauge in the NFL since there are no explicit explicit stats that you can reliably track so what kind of things do you look at to determine how good an offensive line is likely to be oh boy listen the o-line is so damn important i think that people forget how important this role is the ability to stop an edge like there is so many components to this that are so vital i mean i base a lot of my fantasy a lot of my fantasy analysis comes off of the O-line and comes off the defense. And it may sound crazy, but really you have nothing to it. If Depending on the secondary, depending on the O-line, like you can't make decisions unless you really hone in and pay attention to these guys and how they're able to play. I mean, the New York Giants, which is obviously my team for everyone that does follow me, but like for sure, it's like you, without an O-line, a quarterback is useless. There, you can't – there's no hope for, for a quarterback, for skilled players without the O-line doing what they're supposed to do. Yeah, so what uh, what drew you to – did you just come in as a football fan and then that was your thinking from the get-go or did you get drawn to that like as you were looking at like how your players were performing and what sort of led to that? Sure. Yeah, I mean, my brother played O-line growing up, so we're six years apart. That's probably where I got my attraction to it. And I think from there, it's just as I started becoming a little bit of a film head 
and uh, you know rewatching these games and rewatching the film looking at the all twin like you realize that this o-line is so important because you can have this perfect team you have all these perfect players and and all the talent is right there but then why is it not working so the more that i you know i broke it down and i'm i'm really really starting to get involved in this it's like the o-line is what the maker makes or breaks all of these positions I couldn't agree with you more, 110%. Um, moving away, I guess, back towards the how quickly you blew up in the industry, um, what would you recommend to those folks who are trying to do the same? Or was it all just sort of situational luck or what? I guess we can add on my following question which I think might have to do with how you got so popular, but what's one thing that aspiring football writers, creators, analysts, you know, folks on Twitter that are trying to get popular and get brought on, uh, what do they spend too much time doing? And instead of that, how would you recommend they spend that time? Sure. I think that, so for me, it's like to even hear you say the word popular is like so crazy because I did not intend on any of this. Like I said earlier, I mean, I had, we're looking at 200 followers in October. If that may be a little bit less, I might be giving myself a little bit more credit. Is So the biggest part of it, and I think that this is something that gets overlooked a lot, is being yourself. Being yourself is everything. There is nothing more important than being yourself. I think that um, what I have managed to do, if we're going to give any credit to myself, because still sometimes it's hard for me to give myself credit, is, you know, um, is being yourself and putting out content that you want to put out is not, you know, you, if you want to write an article about something, do it. Don't write an article about the top 12 tight ends because everyone's talking about tight ends and, and you feel like you need to write about tight ends. Just do your thing. Like people buy into that. People notice that people realize that you're being, you're, you're being genuine. And, and one of the biggest things, if I could say anything is, where, where people should be spending their time is when you have that extra time, give it back to your followers. Uh, interact with people, network with people, spend time being, um, you know, involved and trying to build relationships outside of, of your circle of creators or whatever you want to call it. And also don't, don't, uh, t- don't hone in too hard on what people's advice is. You can take that with a grain of salt, but you need to build your own your own way to go about things. There's certain things that, yeah, that's cool, but just like it, it be a little weary about everything that people tell you. Uh, I'm unsure exactly which uh, which pot I saw this on, and you spoke on it there at the very beginning was mm-hmm. about creating your own brand, and mm-hmm. that that's so important. Um, what? what's been a driving factor and if your brand that you that okay you're not popular if you want to say that we'll we'll act like (laughs) we'll treat you humbly here that's not popular in the fantasy football industry um if your brand right now were to have a mission statement what what would it be boy just putting you on the spot we can come back to it if you need to no i think that is so it's i am glad that you brought that up because i probably you know 
after two shows, I don't know that I'm going to remember to be saying everything that I want to say, but the biggest thing is, is uh, I guess if I were to do a a statement, it would just be be yourself. I mean, that's what people forget is your brand, no matter what, I don't care where you start, where you come from, where you go, your brand is yourself. You are your own brand. And then you take your brand and then what you do with your brand from there is everything. You need to find a, you know, if you you decide to work for a company or you decide to start your own podcast, your brand is yourself. So um, you should never be adjusting that to fit the means of a company of uh, what you think the the general public wants. It's just that your brand should be you, period. Well said. Well said. And um, as I'm thinking more about it, it was definitely where uh, Nick from BDG uh, was on there. You guys were talking about the brands and establishing yourselves. So Yeah, he's awesome. What a great guy. Uh, haven't had the pleasure of meeting him yet. Uh, he's popped in and out of the server, but uh, never stuck around. So, huh. uh, yeah. Anyway, moving on. Uh Rashad Bateman, or Bayman, as I believe you've called him previously, <laughs> um, and Kadarius Tony, um, two of the most polarizing prospects coming into this draft, from what I've seen here in chat and on Twitter. Can I get your opinion on these two and the reasons for those evals? Yeah, for sure. So, who was the second one? I didn't fully hear you. I think you cut out a little bit. Kadarius Tony. <laughs> Yeah, so I will admit that Kadarius Tony is like just at the two I thought you said. He's like the next. So I keep like a running rookie list of, you know, I have one with uh, the wide receivers, the running backs, whoever, and I chop through them. And then I also have this additional list that for people that come up and I didn't get. So I have not gotten to him. So I will not, I will not speak on it because I don't want to be wrong. I've heard very, very, very great things about him. Rashad Bateman is phenomenal. He is one of those players that is dynamic and and he can his he has great hands. I mean, we're talking I the last time that I remember feeling this way about a player, I'm talking OBJ, which makes me sick. And then before that, I mean, you're thinking like I'm thinking way back to Plaxico Burris. Like this is a guy that can play football and and he, you know, he's his build and everything about him is perfect he's smart his football iq is fantastic so uh, rashad bayman <laughs> bayman as i like to call him is is very is someone that you need to keep your eye out for uh and you mentioned plaxico barris i hope that his real life iq is better than plaxico's though. So <laughs> yeah, for sure. let's hope for that um moving back into your medical field uh, a lot of the fantasy community is terrified of soft tissue injuries because of their tendency to linger and get re-aggravated. However, as the medical community has regularly pointed out, not all soft tissue injuries are created equal. What types of injuries are typically one-off versus long-term and recurring? And he adds on, to make this even more wordier, uh, alternately, if it's more nuanced than that, what markers should we keep an eye out for to determine whether an injury is likely to return or linger? Yeah, so I'm taking it later to make sure I don't miss this. Like everything, that was a long one. Because yeah, injuries are typically one-offers. So like, you have to remember, so my biggest thing going into injuries, and this is something that I've tried to, you know, beat into the Giants community's head, and I will try to beat it into yours, is like, 
players that are getting used and abused is what I like to call it. That's players I worry about because it's a player like Saquon Barkley without help on the team. It's like a player like CMC without help on the team. Kenny Galladay, Kenny Dol, Galladay without help on the team. Like if they end up turning into someone that's expected to be the only playmaker on the team, they're going to get hurt. And like we, as uh, just your average citizen, we don't go to the grocery store and uh, get tackled every time we go to the grocery store, right? Like these guys are getting hit. So uh, the impact they're getting hit, the frequency that they're getting hit is so high. They're going to get injured more if they do not get a little bit of slack. So that's my biggest, always my biggest concern is players that are not, you know, it, they're, they don't have any help. So moving on from that is, Players that I get worried about, which uh, I have yet to really say much about. I don't like when players come into the league with an ACL tear. That's one of my things I look out for. That doesn't mean that I think that they're definitely going to get injured. But, that you know, I don't, you know, I think of someone like RG3, right? So that concerns me. And I don't like players that have a second, second ACL tear and get hurt. I think that. High ankle sprains, though, those always are are something to look out for. I mean, you could get a million ankle, low ankle sprains, and it'd be fine. But then high ankle sprains a little bit more involved. And then, you know what? Turf toe is 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 a bigger problem than people think. It's a very aggravating issue. It's a very frustrating issue for players. So those repeatedly can really uh, hinder a player's performance. Uh, and I think you see it across the league all the time. Uh, going back to what you said about the grocery stores, I think that you might be shopping at better ones than myself because I was tackled twice at my last run. So. <laughs> I believe um, it. Uh, so the, we'll segue that question into, are the ACL tears really that significant with modern day's medical advancements? No, they are not. So I am a huge, like I comment on this all the time. You need to realize that it, the way that medical, you know, the way that things have advanced medically make ACL tears really like there's no reason a player unless they are really they go to a surgeon that doesn't do doesn't have that player's uh, best interest in mind if they don't, you know, so someone like Saquon, let's look at. So he did a prehab. We don't see that all the time where they actually do a rehab prior to their to their surgery. So a lot of people don't realize that, you know, they wonder why did Saquon's surgery take so long? They waited six weeks. So, oh my God, no, it's a good thing because what Saquon was able to do was his MCL uh, healed completely on its own. And when they went to do the surgery, his meniscus, he didn't need to have his meniscus removed, which a lot of times needs to happen. And his ACL uh, surgery was very, the, the invasiveness of that surgery was very minimal. So we're getting to a point where things are very advanced. So you look at Adrian Peterson, right? We're looking at 2012. That's what now? Almost 10, 10 years ago. And uh, he, uh, he came back from that beautifully. I mean, he went on 2012. He had a surgery the same year, his career high. I mean, this guy couldn't have gotten more accolades that year. So no, an ACL, an ACL tear is not the end of the world. I, I get concerned when it's someone like, you know, you look at Adrian Pearson, he did have to end up going back. He got his meniscus done. Um, so yeah, there's of course issues. You look at, you know, who now, uh, Gurley, for example. So there are, you can get arthritis. There's a lot of stuff that can come 
afterwards, but if you could also are... end up with like Dalvin Cook, who's right, exactly. So they're actually showing that a lot of these guys. I, I mean, I, I get hesitant to say this because it's some research that I've been just looking into, but they're showing that some of these guys actually come back better than they were. So, um, uh oh, uh oh, and yeah, I know. So I get hesitant to say it because I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not saying that that's the case. It's just something that I've been looking into. Um, because, but to say that an ACL tear is like the end of the world is crazy. Cause I mean, it's Tom Brady, ACL, uh, you know, Gronk, we have, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, which you could argue. I mean, there's plenty of guys that have had their ACL, like a surgery and it not be a big deal. Um, so you say that you're trying to push that sort of medical thinking forward and it definitely is. Like you said, as time is going on, it's proving more and more true. Uh, but what kind of injuries do you look at in ways most medical experts may not? As in, do you evaluate stuff like concussions, ACL tears, like we just mentioned, hamstring, Achilles that we've already mentioned differently than some of the other folks in the uh, profession? Uh, so let's see. I try to think. I think that the turf toe is probably something that I take a little bit more seriously than some other, you know, uh, people in the, in the industry because of the fact that, you know, I think in, this takes me to like Antonio Gibson, for example, and not, so not every injury is created equal. And I think that's part of the problem is you have to, a lot of my uh, decision-making comes from research. I try to not make decisions based off of what maybe the last person in the league had uh, what their scenario was. I think that there's a little bit, it's a little bit more involved in that. And I think that a lot of teams, especially this year, we saw, you know, they rushed a lot of players back and it, it, it was a little bit annoying. This season's probably the best way to describe it. But I think that it, when it comes to turf toe, yes, even concussions, I, I personally think that they brought Mahomes back too soon. I think that the entire, uh, the way that they treat, player health is a little absurd um, but speaking of absurd health do you, do you think there's any sort of um i guess disorder for what sam darnold felt whenever he was seeing ghost out on the field <laughs> or oh, is that possibly adam gay syndrome just you never know what's gonna <laughs> happen <laughs> you're just seeing things fly across and you, you wish that you hadn't seen them the adam gay yeah so it's just it's all it's all part it's just like you wish you didn't see your coach <laughs> cracking me up uh so <laughs> you mentioned earlier we've talked about leagues uh you're getting into idp um what what's your if you were to start up your own league right now, what size, format, and scoring settings are you going for? Oh, okay. So I'm probably doing a dynasty, like super flex, that has like four spot, like a four super flex, and a tight end premium because I love me some tight end drama. 12 team. That's probably what else you PPR. Full PPR? Full PPR. Any points for first down? Uh sure. I mean, minus, I'm not pressuring. Minus points for uh 
fumbles. Maybe? I don't know. This is a good one. I never had to set one up like this. Usually it's set up. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, you, you hit on the main things, though. The tight end premium, super flex. Um, really, it's just a matter of, obviously, you're going IDP, I guess, uh, if you're setting one up. Or maybe you're waiting a year before you set that up. But uh, Yeah, with IDP, I'm probably waiting. Because these are my first ID. I'm in two IDP leagues this year, so we'll see how they go. I cannot advocate enough for some version of the IDP one, two, three scoring where it balances the offense and the defense where you're, you have the ability for players like Will Fuller can go up for 45 points. There's no reason why players like Darius Leonard, whenever he has 16 tackles and two forced fumbles can't have 45 points as well. Um, I definitely would advocate for that for the leagues that you go into in the future. Um, Just, just anecdotal, but uh we'll move on to are you more reliant on film or analytics when it comes to players you're on the fence about oh boy everyone knows i am all film all day <laughs> like <laughs> I, you know in numbers you know mel kipper said like i know everyone doesn't love him but he said something in this season that stood out to me you know numbers can only tell you so much and i think that there's so much more to numbers Film is just my ride or die. I mean, you have to literally see what's going on on the field. And I think you can use numbers to back it up. And that's, I stand by that. Yeah, we uh, get a wild uh, variation of answers to that question. And uh, yeah, film is usually the typical go to. And for exactly how you said, the, uh, I mean, some things you just can't put on paper. That's what it all boils down to. Uh, looking at the teams as of right now, before all the tagging and all that fun stuff starts happening, uh, we've got the Saints. And with Breeze most likely retiring and Jameis an unrestricted free agent, how do you see New Orleans tackling this offseason with their lack of cap space? Do you think they'll want to fully invest in Taysom for another season? Do they draft a QB? And if it's the latter? Who do you project them to target? I don't think they're leave, le- losing Breeze. It seems like Breeze won't like, get, he won't go anywhere. So <laughs> I'd, be, I, I'd be completely happy with that. I think that Breeze is stuck. I think if they're smart, I mean, for us fantasy people, Taysom will kill a lot of people's value. So, I mean, we hope for Winston in that chance, but I, I would love to see, you know, I want Winston to go somewhere and just play and ball out and do his thing, but I think it's Breeze all day. They're not going to touch a QB in the draft. There's no way. Yeah, not with uh, – I'm pretty sure their picks are not the best either, especially for if you're targeting a QB in this draft. But then again, I have heard some – Debbie, people say that there are late round values in QB. So we'll see if I end up looking stupid later on down the road. <laughs> uh, what are uh, what are some of your favorite buy lows and sell highs right this second? Uh, all right. So, you know, some sells, I think that you're not going to get. I think Zeke Elliott is someone to sell right now. I think that he's not someone that you're. I think this is the highest value you'll get for him. Another one is Metcalf. I think Metcalf's value probably passed in this year, next year. I don't know that you're getting a shitload for him. I think by now is to be a homer, Daniel Jones. 
uh, Cortland Sutton is another one. I think I'm, I'm probably buying depending on what your team looks out looks like. I mean, I'm buying, uh, you could probably get AJ Dillon for a little bit cheap. Let's see. Carson Wentz is a good sell. Who else are we looking at? There's a ton. I mean, this is a weird year. Yeah, it is. Yes, it is. The Carson Wentz thing kind of hurts as a Colts fan, but, uh, I understand. Hopefully he does well this year. And if he doesn't, I uh, won't say I wasn't surprised. Um, this is probably the most critical question, and I'm upset that I didn't lead with this. So, um, today is uh, in honor of Women's Day. Could you shout out some women in the industry that deserve a bigger following? We've had... Uh, Jennifer Eakins and Stepmom Lauren on here already. Both were great guests, and you are filling the mold just as well that the talent is there. So who are other female content creators that we can shine on uh, and elevate because they deserve it? Yeah, I mean, Linda, who the two of us, our episode, I'm like a little anxious even just on this, trying to wait to see that to listen to this episode because we got so in depth that I don't even know what I ended up saying, but she just said speak easy with me. Linda, her uh, Twitter following is at Linda Lyons, L-I-N-D-E-L-L-I-O-N-S. She is fantastic. One of the coolest, most down to earth, most, most raw, like just her content rocks and everything about her is super cool, especially if you're someone that likes following me. She mixes both in. Um, if you don't follow Cooter Doodle, that's another one fantastic follow someone that you know let me see i what the okay so uh kristen at whacking golf underscore uh fantastic another really cool up and coming if you don't follow victoria she just got uh uh hired by ball blast ffb underscore mm-hmm. victoria i could go on all day a lot of really really cool checks yeah there is a ton uh, of great great female uh content creators and it feels silly to even like label it like that like the content that's being put out is better than some of their male counterparts that follow as well so yeah uh linda lines i couldn't agree 110 percent more uh love following her great twitter follow uh always a good time uh given your not not a great segue here, but anyway, given your focus on the O-line, how much do you let landing spot influence your rankings for incoming rookie running backs and dynasty leagues? And what are some of your favorite landing spots for top, top prospects this upcoming year? Sorry, can you just repeat that for me? Uh, focus on the O-line. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much do you let the landing spot influence your rankings for incoming rookie running backs and dynasty leagues? given that they'll be operating behind those O-lines for years to come. And what are some intriguing landing spots for the top prospects this next year? Uh, so I don't, I'm not high on the running backs as much as everyone is, you know, they're game. Well, you know, there's some really good guys I think are coming in, but I think this is going to be one of the weaker classes as far as running backs go. I think that, 
a lot depends on the team, especially this year, because a lot of stuff is up in the air. I really would love a great running back to end up on the Falcons, to end up on the Dolphins. Those are some teams that I would be super excited to see what happens over there. I think we'll probably see a lot of, you know, the Giants could take an RB2. You're looking at who else? Um, who else is missing a running back? Oh, my God. I'm, like, too many claws deep at this point that I, like, can't even think it's <laughs> um, <laughs> But really, I think when I think of running back, I think of the Falcons and the Dolphins, like, immediately in my head is that's what comes to me. So I'm going to stand by that for right now. I'm just hoping that they bring Kalen Dolish back. I mean, no <laughs> team. He's just such a utility player. I can't get enough of him on the field. Mm-hmm. One of the few running backs to ever duck out of the way of a pass in the middle of a play. We laud him for that. Way to go, Kalen. Um, yeah, right. He's a meme in this in the server. Uh, <laughs> what specialty? Uh, well, you already mentioned that with the emergency medical. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess that covers that question for us. Um, the question for the folks listening in afterwards was, "What specialty do you want your medical degree in?" If you didn't catch it earlier, it was emergency. Yeah. Um. Any last-minute tags you expect to happen? You know, I would be shocked. I'm starting to lean away. I saw today, I can't believe that Galladay turned down $18 million a year. Come on, bro. Like, I don't know what's up with that. It's a little ridiculous. So, maybe, I mean... Allen Robinson, I think, will end up getting tagged now. I'm leaning more towards it. I, I don't know why they would move on from Aaron Jones, but he's a hot... He should definitely be leaving. So, I think... What people forget is this is a year where things are going to – no one has money, so no one's getting paid the way they want to. It's very up in the air. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm fully on the – I think Allen Robinson is getting, getting tagged just simply because the Bears can't afford to lose that talent, and they're not going to be able to – sign him to a contract i guess uh because nobody wants to stay in chicago sorry tuba but it's true um <laughs> and uh yeah it's it seems unavoidable i hope that aaron jones gets out of green bay because of all my dylan stonks but we'll see what happens on that front um i didn't realize galladay had turned down that much money Jeez, 18 million a year he turned down he doesn't want to tag now <sighs> Speaking of big money, Dak, big yes. contract day. Um, as a Giants fan, you might particularly feel a type of way about that. Um, oh, I'm thrilled. Kiss the playoffs but... goodbye for years. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think Dak does a team make. Uh, there were certainly tons of other issues with that unit altogether last year, but I mean, that's a massive overpay, right? Or do you think that's pretty fitting for the QB market right now? No, I mean, but they're idiots. You're not, like, trying to figure something out earlier because now it's like you just had to toss all your money in. Like, he's worth it. If I'm Dak, I'm asking for more money. That's crazy. But, like, there, it just was a horrible – the whole, you know, that's how the Cowboys roll, though. That's totally just their MO. I'm not even shocked. The worst negotiation scheme. Literally possible. horrific. Like, do you guys even think? The answer is a hard, hard no. <laughs> uh, um, 
Who's your favorite player of all time, and why is it Tom Brady? Okay, well, don't be fresh. Um, <laughs> if you guys don't know, the three L's in my in small stand for Tom Brady's three Super Bowl losses. One, the two that he got from the Giants, and one from Mr. Nick Foles, who went to my alma mater and went to college with me. So I don't care about Tom Brady, whatever. Let him do his thing. My favorite player of all time, if we're not going to be, you know, cliche and say Lawrence Taylor, I'm going to go Plaxico Burris. I mean, this guy, I love. I love him. Between him, Keem Nix, Brandon Jacobs, OC, all these guys. These are like my favorite guys ever. But Plaxico, the way this play, this guy played ball, the way that he was able to just, it was almost like the ball was magnetic to his hand. Just a phenomenal player, fantastic years. It's a shame he shot himself. The Plax curse is real. It sucks. R.I.P. Plax Kilbaris' career dreams. <laughs> um, although we are having some pretty good chuckles here on the pod tonight, um, when was the last time that you, looking back, and you, take your time with it, you had a really, really, really good laugh? Oh, boy. I think one of <laughs> Uh, when's the last time I laughed so hard? I think one of the biggest is when, <laughs> when the Colts signed. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just can't with that. I can't. I just don't know what that's going to do. I just don't think it's a good idea. Okay, now you're getting fresh. So uh... <laughs> I know I am. I'm sorry. Ignore me. <laughs> Uh, this is going to be a great one-time appearance for Steffi Smalls here. I'm, on the- sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'll only do Don't one. worry. I, I hate the move as well. So I, I just uh, didn't think it was smart because I love the Colts as a thing. I'm a closet. There's two teams I'm a closet fan of. And one of them is one of them is the Colts and the other is Washington. Those are like two teams that I love and I adore that the way that they have, you know, built their systems up and like just it disappointed me as a non-Colt kind of Colt fan, you know, to see that. I just feel like it was a bad move because they're like one quarterback away from being winning the Super Bowl. And I feel like you're putting all your eggs in one basket doing that. And I just don't think that that was a smart move because I think you could have made a smarter move is all. It is nice. I will say the only positive that I could mm-hmm. find in that signing um, was the price that we got him for. Uh, the idea that... I don't, dis- uh, I don't disagree. I mean, $12 million and then you could shove off... I mean, if he's awful, just shove off the rest of his salary back to his old team. It's just... Yeah, for sure. I don't sure. know what the Eagles were thinking in that deal. I, I'd heard that they had been trying to field offers and the Colts were the only ones that threw something, but at that point, I mean, I guess you have to. I don't know. I don't know. It was a weird trade up. I don't understand how the Colts got for so cheap, but I wasn't a fan of that trade until I heard more of the terms. But still, not happy with the playoff chances. I don't think Carson Wentz is the, you know, leader that we need to. The defense is there if we get the signings right, but. I don't think that Carson Wentz is going to be the one chucking the ball uh, to a Super Bowl by any means. Hmm. Uh, so the Eagles, they've got Hurts this year, <laughs> speaking of, and uh, 
Do you think he might turn into the next Lamar or Josh Allen, or is he just going to be a bridge this next year in the tank? Wait, who is it? Sorry, it cut out. Would you say Jalen Hurts and the Eagles? Uh, You know, I think that Jalen Hurts played four games, and I think to get all excited because he's a little bit mobile. He was mobile because he was running for his life, and that's the only way he could make plays. I mean, like, don't get so excited because in four games he had, you know, X amount of rushing. It's just – I don't think that – I think to say that he's going to be the next Josh Allen is very dramatic. I think that the the Eagles are in a bad place franchise-wise, and I think everyone forgets that. You know, they're not going to just automatically be fantastic because they got rid of Wentz. It's just not how the cookie's going to crumble over there. (laughs) Uh, Question uh, regarding regarding drafting. We'll we'll go redraft here. Um, Do you prefer the first – First pick, you want the one on one. Do you are you looking for something towards the middle? Are you more of the end of the draft line uh, when it comes to draft preferences? Somewhere in the middle is great. I never, you know, I'll never, I never trade up. I'm never going to try to get like a pick ahead of me. I'm always going to trade down. I usually try to go for the center and then gauge from there. Yeah, I prefer the right where the elite running backs. I'll grab the last one of those that's left. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, and tell spinning off that, how many running backs are coming off the board this year before you start looking at Devontae Adams or one of the elite wide receivers? Uh, I don't touch. Yeah, I don't touch wide receivers for a hot minute, especially in this in this tight end economy. Lately, these startups and stuff that I'm in, I'm, I'm taking a tight end in the first round. You mean running back, but I hear you loud and clear. Oh, okay. No, I'm saying I'm taking a tight end and then running back. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> no, oh, yeah. No, tight no, end, I'm... tight end, premium. Gotcha, oh, gotcha, no, gotcha. I definitely mean tight end just because I think that if you don't grab a tight end, you end up getting screwed. Agreed. The drop off was uh, pretty ridiculous. I saw a chart earlier today actually that had it going back all the way to 2004 and ADP, like it shows that. Every single year, like the drop off is insane. So, waiting for QB is a real thing. Um, that's for sure. Uh, what are some shares of players that you like that you wish you had more shares of, but it always seems like someone in the league loves them more than you do? That's a good one. Let's think back to what's been happening. You know. Guys, this is a good one. Um, Patrick Mahomes is probably why I have no Patrick Mahomes. I have nothing of Patrick Mahomes, quite literally. Um, Waller seems to be getting snagged for me. Uh, who else? Devontae Adams, another one, even. Stefan Diggs, I have some. I wish I had more. But I think those are the only ones that come right to my head. I love I, I love Sterling Shepard. I think that Sterling Shepard has been getting snagged before me in like the twelfth round, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see here. Going through questions in chat, trying to make sure that nothing get missed. Uh, because I know we have a little bit of time left, although you have been busy tonight, so I, I wouldn't fault us uh, if we had to end it early. Uh, but let's see here. Last year, did you do uh, 
many player projections prior to the season start? Like not maybe not official ones, but sort of ballpark estimates. Uh, kind of, yeah. Not and not as much as everyone would think. I only have like two players that I really hit on. The rest were kind of a mess. <laughs> well, that was uh, what I was gonna say. Was what was the biggest hit on your uh, player? Uh-huh. I hit on uh, Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs across across the board. Nice. Yeah, nice. those are two. You know that won me a bunch of leagues. So, so um, that was a good one. Sam here is asking us for uh, a couple sleepers in this rookie class. Um, we've already, we can go ahead and skip the top three running backs and uh, let's look at like. Say somebody in round three you might be looking at. 12-team league. What was that? Uh, As far... Yeah, I... uh... Curious your thoughts on uh, McKitty. He's giving McKitty a thumbs up. Obviously, that's what he wanted to hear there. Uh, let's see. Uh, what, quote-unquote, lesson did you learn in fantasy this year? What did I learn this year? I learned a lot. Uh, probably how important tight ends are. Probably how important uh, not, you know, what happens a lot is, you know, week three, week four, everyone gets all anxious and you start trading and, uh, you know, dropping players, especially in redraft. And I think to hang on to those players because you don't start seeing breakouts till like week seven make a huge difference. Yeah, it's. uh... Goodness gracious. I'm looking at the clock here. I'm sorry I got distracted. I got pinged. No, it's fine. Um, well, we've got all the questions. That, well, that's just popping up here. Let's go. If Arizona lets Drake walk, who takes over? Do you think they sign a guy or are they rolling with, you know, Benjamin and or Chase Edmonds? Edmonds, for sure. But I don't know that they're going to let him walk. Do you hope that they let him walk? Because I, I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like running backs in in Arizona ever. So <laughs> Dutch, you relate to it. He said, "Biggest home run draft pick from your 2020 fantasy football season." It's definitely, um, yeah, for sure. Um. All righty. Well, Miss Steffi Smalls. Um. We ran. We've gone through all the questions. We flew right through them. Uh, Anything that you want to touch on? I mean, the floor is all yours uh, that I've failed to mention. You know. No, I don't think so. I think you guys covered it. This is a blast. We'll have to do it again soon. Definitely. Uh, the invitation is obviously an open one. Uh, more than welcome to come back at any time. Always happy to have talented, uh, talented guests putting out good content, especially stuff that we can put our name behind as well. For sure. Love it. But otherwise... Everybody be sure to follow Steffi at Steffi Smalls, and that's Smalls with three L's, three losses for Tom Brady, for those Woo! that don't know. Woo, she says from the claws. And uh, let's uh, be sure to follow her on Twitter. I've got uh, her personal Twitter as well as her podcast Twitter, the On Beat. 
uh, Twitter account where you can find all of the uh, episodes get posted there. Great stuff. Um, Steffi, sign off for us. Uh, it's been a thrill having you. Thank you for spending the time. And you probably, well, you did have a lot of other things going on, but thank <laughs> you for taking the time to uh, come on the show and uh, hang out with us for an hour. And uh, we would love to have you back. But otherwise, yeah, would you no, like to do the, do the sign off for us? Yeah, this was great, guys. Seriously, for real. Uh, loved it. We'll definitely link back up soon. Just let me know whenever. Again, you guys can follow me at Siffy Smalls with three L's. I'm going to start dropping some new video content soon with FTN. And uh, you can find everything that I'm doing over there on Twitter. And this was a blast. And let's see how the postseason, the chaos is starting, my friends. The chaos is starting. <laughs> All righty, everybody. This has been another edition of the Fantasy Football Chat Ask Me Anything series. Thank you, Steffi, one last time. Angelo will be here on Friday. So, or not Friday, Thursday. My apologies, Thursday. So, be excited for that. Hey, Dutch, I'm going to throw you 1,000 XP for sticking around. All right, signing off. That's a wrap.